0: So, we're going to start off with Pak T, uh, and of course, Pak T, uh, along with John, uh, doesn't need a lot of introduction, but um, Puck T is, of course, from the National Institute of Education in Singapore as part of the Nanyang uh, Technological University. Um, he's a Sing- Singaporean educator. Uh, he's deeply involved in the development of school and teacher leaders. Uh, he considers it a privilege to be able to educate a fraternity of students who are educators themselves. Uh, and who will build others through their leadership, work and lives. And he encourages educators to walk a path not easily traveled with love, courage and resilience. And you'll hear some of that passion um, today. Puck T began his career as a mathematics teacher after reading the discipline uh, in Cambridge University under a scholarship he greatly received, gratefully received Uh, from his country. He served as as, Sinters in the Ministry of Education uh, before before joining the National Institute as an academic. And at the NIE, he has previously served as Associate Dean of Leadership Learning and Head of Policy and Leadership Studies academic group. Uh, His main work is in education change and leadership. Pak T, of course, has authored uh, and co-authored over 100 publications and um, many of you will have read uh, his work. Um, International media often seek his views on education change, and he served as the executive editor, co-editor, editorial advisor of a few international uh, referee journals, and is currently an editorial board member of more than 10 journals. He's the co-editor of the Rutledge Leading Change book series, and one of his books, Learning from Singapore, The Power of Paradoxes, is a Rutledge bestseller. Uh, So it's great to have you here, uh, Pak, Uh, and you're going to talk to us about Singapore's response to COVID-19, timely change, timeless constants, and we've heard from a number of international speakers about uh, what's happening in their neck of the woods, and I know we're really looking forward to uh, your reflections on the pandemic and what that's meant for education in Singapore. So without further ado, uh, Pak.
1: Thank you very much, Stephen. Hello, I'm Pak ti from Singapore. Thank you for inviting me here. The COVID-19 pandemic has caused great disruption in schooling around the world and of course in Singapore. Today, I'll be talking about Singapore's response to COVID-19 in the area of educational change. Later, as we'll hear, Singapore's response to COVID-19 in the area of educational change can be understood as timely change, timeless constants. Timely change and timeless constants must come together and they are equally important. Singapore is a very small country near the equator in Southeast Asia. Basically, from Perth, fly north for about five hours and uh, you will be in Singapore. Many of you would have landed in our Changi Airport on your way to Europe. Now, we run a system of public schools. They are funded by the government. Class size is about 35. So first, a timeline of what has happened in the country as a background. In late January this year, we started to see imported cases of COVID-19. By February, local transmissions were reported. So from the 7th of April to 1st of June, nearly two months, we implemented a circuit breaker during which only essential services continued to operate. All others were closed or they worked from home. From 2nd of June onwards, then the country gradually reopened in phases. We're in the process of safe reopening right now. Most places are open with safety guidelines and measures for business currently. Next, a timeline of what has happened in our schools. In April, during the circuit breaker, schools shifted fully to home-based learning using online tools. The one-month mid-year school holidays, originally scheduled in the month of June each year, was brought forward to the month of May. Schools reopened on the 2nd of June, together with the rest of the country. Schools put in place strict safety measures, including physical distancing and wearing of masks. Schools have stayed open until today. So how has Singapore responded to COVID-19 in terms of educational change? Now, COVID-19 is a crisis. The impact on human lives, livelihoods, lifestyle is tremendous. But as the Chinese equivalent of the word crisis goes, in a crisis, there are dangers and there are also opportunities. We have been reacting to the dangers, but we could also capitalize on opportunities if we ask and reflect on the appropriate question. So in my book, Learning from Singapore, The Power of Paradoxes, I wrote that Singapore is always looking for timely change. It is also hanging on dearly some timeless constants. Singapore is a land where change and continuity coexist and are equally valued. So let me use timely change, timeless constants as an organizing framework for my talk. <coughs> what is timely change, timeless constants? Now, timely change is about keeping up with the times and staying ahead of the curve. COVID 19 has changed many things, and obviously, we have to adapt very quickly. But when change is the only constant, one real change is to look for constants that should not change. These timeless constants are our beacons, necessary for us to stay rooted to our identities as we navigate the turbulent waters of change so that we do not lose ourselves or our sense of mission. So let me start with some changes I feel are timely. One of the most obvious changes is that we are now much more used to online learning. During the circuit breaker period, when home-based learning was implemented in the whole country, teachers carry on teaching and learning using online tools. Now, given the sudden change, schools and teachers really rose to the occasion. Many teachers have learned how to operate the tools, some of course, more competently than others but they continue to teach, make calls to care for their students, set work for their students to do. They tried their best, learning continued in the country. Moving forward, these online teaching competencies could well stick, paving the way for pedagogical advancement. Teachers now have a better sense of what technological tools can do and what they cannot provide. Now, this is a great opportunity to evaluate what has worked, what has not, what can work better using an online approach. Online learning has worked during the pandemic because there was no other option, but that does not mean that online learning presents an optimal or sustainable sustainable solution for all learners. Therefore, moving forward, we are capitalizing on the fact that teachers are now more familiar with online tools to move towards blended learning. That is some regular home-based learning done online will complement classroom lessons. During such home-based learning periods, students will take charge of their own learning and engage in some topics outside the curriculum. Now this, I think, goes to the heart of the change. From a pedagogical standpoint, the challenge is to make sure that we are using online tools to bring about better learning for our students, not as a second rate replacement for traditional face-to-face teaching and learning processes. Blended learning is not equal to students learn the same thing in the same way, except they sometimes learn online at home For example, if a demonstration could be done in class, why would we want to shift it online in a contrived manner just to fulfill the notion of online learning? So blended learning should not be merely a replication of the traditional classroom. Online learning systems should not be a spore of worksheets that would have been dished out during a normal lesson anyway. So teachers have to discover how these tools can bring about better learning outcomes. Therefore, the use of technology is really about the skillful teacher, someone who knows how to use online tools appropriately to enable a superior pedagogy. Blended learning will not mean anything very much if the students are learning the same thing in roughly the same way except that sometimes they sit unsupervised in front of a computer at home to learn it. But if blended learning is to help students develop higher capacity for independent learning and learning something beyond what is normally covered in the school curriculum, then that is really the future of learning in Singapore. But to achieve this goal, teachers actually require higher levels of lesson design and facilitative skills. If home-based learning is not well designed or facilitated, then at least for some students, it will merely mean free time or confused time at home. So we have learned that we need to put in a lot more effort into helping our students to become better independent learners using a blended approach. But to move towards a blended learning approach, we need to do more to bridge the digital divide. During Circuit Breaker, the home-based learning experience was quite uneven among students depending on family situations. Disadvantaged families did not have computers or enough devices to be shared among the children. Others could not find enough space in their small flat to create a conducive learning environment So in response to the digital divide, the Ministry of Education announced that all secondary school students would receive a personal laptop or tablet for learning by next year. Now the plan was already in place before the pandemic, but the target date was brought forward by seven years. Now this is a very positive step, considering the enormous economic challenges that my country is currently facing. But this is a necessary step. And it is only one step out of many. We will be doing a lot more. But I think as a country, we are trying very hard in this area and committing resources to leave no child behind. Other than technology and pedagogy, the pandemic has also made us examine the why and the what of learning. There are many forces, both local and global, that require us to change our focus from the traditional academic content and qualifications to lifelong learning and deep skills. Now, this is not a new direction in Singapore, but because of the pandemic, it is now even more important and urgent. The pandemic has given lifelong learning a critical push. We have to do even more to help our students and young people learn for life rather than learn for exams and to be very adaptable. This is currently one of our focal areas in the the education system. But the forces are not just about local issues. There are global forces at play. So the point is, we have a lot of new things that we have to educate our children about, which are going to affect them probably more than the traditional learning areas of languages, mathematics, and science. So it is heartening that Singapore has begun work in these areas. For example, sustainability, environmental protection, and climate change issues are now embedded in the school curriculum in different subject areas, uh, such as science, social studies, and geography. Some schools even require students to research on climate-related topics. And we are also doing a lot more regarding citizenship education, character education, and student well-being. So as an example, secondary schools now engage students fortnightly on current affairs and sensitive issues, including race, religion, bullying, and social media more teachers are learning to be able to engage students and facilitate such discussions in context. So let me now move on to some of our timeless constants. The pandemic has changed a lot of things, but the mission of education in Singapore has not changed. It is always to mold the future of the nation. Teachers continue to lead, care and inspire their students. The way to do it may need to change, but the mission has not. There are great things in the education system that we should affirm during the journey of change. Firstly, we do have a robust education system in some ways. We need to improve, but we do have a robust education system. And we should avoid knee-jerk reactions in reforming it. Today, we are hit by the coronavirus if we simply react by shifting education online, tomorrow we can be hit by a computer virus. So there is a time to change quickly, to adapt to changing circumstances. There is also a time to change in a steady, reflective and balanced manner. COVID-19 is a great disruption, but it is not the only challenge to come. Therefore, we should use this opportunity to construct a robust system for the long-term future and not just to solve problems for now. The education system in Singapore is not the result of one big reform. It is the cumulative effect over more than 50 years of systematic building, upgrading, refurbishing by many ministers, officials, school leaders, teachers, teacher educators. while avoiding knee reactions, we must continue in the spirit of timely change. It is always better to change from a position of strength rather than one of desperation. For us, we have to take the opportunity to change, to change positively. The more that we are unwilling to change, the more we will be forced to change in the future. Singapore has been trying very hard to improve its education system, even though we seem to be doing okay. This proactive stance has been very helpful during COVID-19. So let me give you an example about this, about why as a country, all schools could move to online learning almost overnight. This is about the student learning space. The student learning space, or SLS in short, implemented in 2018, is a national online learning portal that allows teachers to curate and share lesson resources and for students to access these resources in a self-directed manner. The SLS also provides a platform for teachers to collaborate across schools and for students to collaborate in their projects. Now, of course, the SLS was not developed as a contingency plan for addressing learning needs during a pandemic. It was developed before the pandemic But when COVID 19 struck, the SLS came in really handy for many schools and teachers. So the point is that we should seek improvement continuously rather than to stagnate in an illusion of success. We should change while we are doing okay. Do not wait until we are desperate to change. We have learned that it is important for Singapore to remain in this posture. Next. We must continue to affirm that teachers, school leaders, schools matter to the nation. Parents sometimes complain about teachers' methods of educating their child. During the home-based learning period, their own skills at educating or just managing their child or children were fully tested. Some parents could not wait for schools to reopen so that they could hand the children back to their teachers. So hopefully these parents will come to appreciate teachers a lot more before the schools reopened after circuit breaker when people would be returning to work. Now, some parents were understandably concerned about the safety of their children, but when schools reopened together with the rest of the country, there was no violent public objection. Part of the reason I believe was that the society trusted in the professionalism of school leaders and teachers. Schools were trusted to be safe places with good professionals on the ground to ensure discipline in keeping to the safety measures. So schools matter. They are places for children to learn and to build relationships in a safe environment. School leaders and teachers matter. They are the ones who make school work. So let's continue to invest in teachers. It is therefore heartening that even when our economy has been hit really hard, teachers will receive more support for professional development in line with the national lifelong learning movement called Skills Future, so that they can better meet the evolving needs of our students. And the key learning areas for professional development include digital technologies, character and citizenship education, and assessment literacy. So this has been a philosophical constant in our education system since our independence. In Singapore, education is investment, not expenditure. And in Singapore, educators are people who plant trees so that others may sit under the trees and no one knows who planted those trees in the first place. Actually, that's who you are. That's who I am. COVID-19 may stay for quite a while, but it will eventually go away. However, Singapore's education system must continue to be the bedrock for its um, nation-building journey, one that leads hopefully to a more prosperous, gracious, and resilient society. Crisis have been a catalyst for change in my country in the past. Singapore has always had the gumption to survive and reinvent itself. My generation turned out okay because the previous generation went through the hardships to build the foundation for us. Having benefited from the sacrifices of the previous generation, this generation shall carry the burden of change triggered by COVID-19 or otherwise for the benefit of the next generation. In Singapore, education is the human enterprise of paying it Forward. Thank you very much. Thanks, uh, Puck. It's really
0: fantastic to hear all that. I, I wrote down a few of uh, those uh, points there, Puck. But um, I must say, I use your one there about um, education as an investment, not a cost, all the time. Um, it's uh, it's such a great um, way of thinking about it, and 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 obviously true. Um, but look, before we get to some questions, Puck, I just we'll bring John Hattie in, who's joined us. Hi, John. Great to have you here. Hi, Steve. Uh, And so, of course, John is an award-winning education researcher and best-selling author with nearly 30 years of experience examining what works best in student learning and achievement. And I bet, John, you're really happy to be on here while I'm doing this introduction. Uh, His research, better known as visible learning, is a a culmination of nearly 30 years, synthesising more than uh, 1,500 meta-analyses comprising more than 90,000 studies involving over 300 million students around the world. He's presented at key and keynoted in over 350 international conferences and has received numerous recognitions for his contributions to education. His notable publications include Visible Learning, Visible Learning for Teachers, Visible Learning and the Science of How We Learn, Visible Learning for Maths, Grades K to 12, and most recently, 10 Mind Frames for Visible uh, Learning. And we're going to hear from John um, on let's bring back. Uh, From COVID to create a new syntax of learning soon. But uh, before we do, Mm -hmm. John, initial comments from you on uh, Puck's uh, learnings from uh, Singapore's experience? Well, I think the calm, cautious, and creative way they have seen this as an opportunity to uh, take on some of the major issues that are facing that country are really quite exciting. And uh, having worked over there, every year for many years now, it's, it's just a pleasure to see a country that has made that investment and, as he said at the end, and have now reap the rewards. And I think we have a lot to learn uh, if we had the courage to invest in this current generation as they've done. Yeah, and, um, and not just the generation in terms of students, uh, John, of course, but the investment in teachers. I, I, I sort of really loved hearing that. Um, and, and when you see it as an investment, Puck, then you you do invest you know you continue even though that um, you know that the economy might be um, struggling and, and you are know, thinking about well where can we make savings and of course if you think of things as a cost then it's easy to make savings by cutting costs but if you think of it as an investment it's different so yep yeah, pak
1: yeah so i think that is the part about singapore that is to say personally as a singaporean uh I love my country and proud of the fact that we really take education very seriously. And uh, so that of course is good. And I'm an educator and I do believe that education is important for the whole country. So it is about the future of the country. So let's take the investment very seriously. Don't yeah. cut funding because that bit, or just the very threat of of having that, sometimes means that there's no stability for educators to carry on the goodwill. I think it is better to be stable. Yeah, and
0: one of the questions I had here, and I've you know looking at um, some of the questions coming through now, but um, uh, that investment uh, puck, and then maybe we we'll might hear from John as well around. Um, what is it that system leaders and school leaders uh, are going to need to, I think you talked about, you know, that these, these changes could stick, you know, what's, what's that going to mean for a, uh, for a school leader uh, to continue this journey without maybe the crisis at the time? You know, one of the things uh, as a catalyst you talked about for change, when that settles, which invariably, you know, we all hope that it will sooner rather than later, what's going to be that challenge for those
1: school and system leaders? Okay, So in my opinion, the most important thing is firstly, after the pandemic, people do need a bit of time to just, just unwind and uh, recharge and take the opportunity to, to reflect what has worked, what has not, and what perhaps needs to change, what we can capitalize on. So the first level is reflection, draw out the lessons and certain things that have changed, let's capitalize on those. But certain other things may no longer be relevant. It was relevant during the pandemic, but no longer relevant. The next thing is to be encouraging. So as leaders, the main thing is called enabling the teachers. So that comes with support, both financially, emotionally, structurally, so that people do have that support in terms of time, in terms of encouragement, and of course, financially, that they can continue to do that good work. And third, be understanding, in the sense that do not expect that change to happen overnight again. It was so during the pandemic because there wasn't a choice. It doesn't mean that now we just keep going at the same pace. Kind of take it easy, take it in a very systematic manner, do it in a steady way. That would be what the system leaders need to do.
0: Yeah, thanks. And um, I think that's what John's comment was about too, of, of really thinking through how do we do this in a in a way that it'll stick, you know, that it's not kind of just rushed and um, uh, and and without sort of that thought of how do we take, take people along for that journey and, and support them. And I think that was a big part of your message as well. Uh, and I'll probably just finish with the I loved the uh, that uh, blending learning is not just uh, I use digitization of the classroom. Um, and a skillful teacher uses technology for superior pedagogy. What a what a great way of describing um, where we can go from here. So, Park, I'm going to get you to come back after uh, John uh, speaks now, and then uh, we'll 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 bring some of these questions to the fore from um, people in the audience. Um, but we'll we'll turn to John uh, now, and John, a, a great segue really into I think what you're going to uh,
1: take us through uh, this afternoon. It certainly is, Steve, and thanks, Park.